and welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I have my man Sia Najab with me. And one of these days, you know who's going to be with us, Sia? Uh, you tell me. You uh, tell you're me, gonna Let me have it. It's going to be our... G3. The foundation responded. If anyone remembers, I mean, it feels like it was like a month ago at this point. I don't think it was. It was probably only like two weeks ago. We shouted out RG3. We wanted him to come on the show. As all of you know, we have this affinity, let's call it. And he's going to come on the show. We're going to have to donate a lot of money. Um, We're going to get to donate a lot of money. Proper wording, proper wording. Um, And so is Jason, which is pretty funny too. So he has no idea. He's just, he has no idea. I love it. But uh, I mean, I guess, see, how you doing today? Pretty good, right? So, I say, right? So, so FYI, I did um, that, that screenshot that we had from just a few minutes ago. I did send it to Chris Cody oh. at Chris Cody ESPN. And he was like, that's awesome. But he didn't actually commit mm. to a monetary value. But but no worries there. I'm going to cover everything that needs to be covered. No, beyond what everybody else is already contributing, of course. Yeah, of course, but of course. I'm going to make sure that RG3 Foundation is is happy with um, yes. our previous commitment. So yes. But but you know what, you know I don't have anything prepared to say. This literally sort of just happened with the foundation reaching out to um, us, Win Daily, whatever. And I do want to say that before we got get to talking to golf and the Northern Trust, mm-hmm. and then we're going to transition to some NBA playoff talk because we know it's Braun and, and Dame time tonight. You know, when I first talked to Jason, this is like when I we first met. Mm-hmm. I know he was talking about how this wasn't just going to be like a DFS site. It was going to be it was going to be more than that. It was even going to like branch into like lifestyle and things of mm-hmm. that nature. So. You know, when we talk about like, you know, this RG3 sort of game that transitioned into the RG3 Foundation, like, you know, finally reaching out to us and hopefully having RG3 himself on to, by the way, talk about his foundation and, and talk about actually what it does. You know, part of that sort of lifestyle brand that I know when Daily wants to branch into is, you know, maybe talking to some of these athletes about their charitable foundations, mm-hmm. maybe talking about some of the good news that happens in sports, because we can still have sports and we can have, still have DFS and sports betting and all those things. But like, why can't we bring that other side of it? it? Like, nobody's doing that. Like, why can't we do that? And I just think it's a, you know, I think RG3, if you follow him, he's very inspiring, you know, just mm-hmm. just his page himself. Forget about the foundation for a second. But the fact that we can talk about these other things, too, in under the whole umbrella of sports, which includes so many other things. It's just a really cool thing, and I kind of hope when Daily sort of gets some some um, traction or motivation to start like doing this a little bit more, starting with RG three and ending with whoever it ends with. I mean, I think it's a really cool concept. Any athletes out there that have a charity, Sia is willing to donate a hundred dollars a minute for you to come on the show. And uh, our, our our friend Joel, who we're bringing on in a couple minutes, I think his donations are going to depend on if he won a hundred k that week or if he only won 20, but I'm sure that's going to be a portion of it too. But yeah, I, I think you said it really well, man. I, I think it's really cool that we get this opportunity on a very, very serious note to really be able to shed some light on something very good in the world. You know that we're very much about positivity. That was something that drove us here to win daily. Jason is always, always, always preaching positivity. All of the people that work here are preaching positivity. All of the family members, all the subscribers, the community, everybody is always on that positivity train which is uh, something i've always had and and you know i'm very grateful that now we get to talk to an athlete that is as positive as rg3 is which i think is really cool we get to talk about his redskins i'm now i'm getting i'm getting ahead of myself i'm getting ahead of myself i got too excited i got too excited but i am very excited to get to talk to him get to talk to him about the foundation and donate as much money as we can and Hopefully everyone out there. We already saw some of the people that follow us. Um, thanks, Chris. Really appreciate that. Um, really do want to make sure that the people out there uh, would love to to donate as well. I think that would be pretty cool. Yes, Chris Cody, always popping in. Uh, loves the positivity train. And don't worry, bud. 
4500 bucks right coming from your bank account. But, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, for those we'll, of you, we'll see. We'll see. For those of you listening, Chris Cody has jumped into the chat, which I encourage everybody listening to jump into. And, and I believe just by virtue of jumping in, he's essentially implicitly saying, I will match any donations from Windaily. So listen, hey. man. You're Thank a lawyer, you. so I mean, you what you I say is literally the law. At least that's how my brain works. So I think we're good. Chris just signed his life away to us or to the RG3 Foundation. Don't worry, Chris. It's going to a great cause. So um, on that note, we really need to get that out of the way. Uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Excited. Hopefully this week uh, is when we can lock down RG3, especially before... No, 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 I don't want to interrupt you, but I do have oh. one more thing to say. Oh, okay, yeah, I was going to say, hopefully, sooner rather than later, we can get them on 10, 15. I mean, I, I get, an hour would be difficult considering um, my bank account, but hey, man, we got to do what we got to do at that point, right? So I was going to say that a couple people have already jumped in on Twitter, privately messaged me, or just literally just jumped in on the that, that sort of thread that we put out there. I think it was on August 6th that we posted mm-hmm. the video as to what we were going to do, and please, please go check it out on Twitter, but... Uh, some people have already sort of pledged to contribute. And, and that's kind of one of those things where like they can just contribute to the RG3 Foundation directly. Maybe they screenshot it and they, they, they post it or something so that so that, you know, people know that it was sort of um, a result or, mm-hmm. or came out of sort of this thing that we created. So I, I, I honestly will. I'm going to be reaching out to other people to get them to contribute, too, because because why not? What's the downside to doing that? Exactly. So um, I do want to I, I want to thank Seth. Seth is actually a guy who I mentioned on on our Sirius XM uh, fantasy sports show. Uh, on Saturday night when I was taking your spot. So I mentioned him and, and a couple of other um, outfits, you know, fantasy football kind of uh, insider guys. So uh, I wanted to thank all of those people who are already reaching out saying, hey, this is this is a cool thing. Let me let me contribute a little bit, too. It doesn't have to be a lot. It could be yeah. just a little bit, whatever. Could be a fun amount. And and you, you call him Seth because that's his name, right? That's his name. Because that's his name. And you know whose name we got coming up right now? Mr. Draft, Master Flex. Let's bring him on in. Joel, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, I want to kind of just piggyback on, on the conversation you guys were just having. It's, you know, we do this for fun. It's sports. It's entertainment. Uh, you know, we, we're lucky to get to come on and talk about it and make money on weekends. But the fact that we can use that to do some good, right, and not just be, you know, all fun and games all the time and actually help people in the world is a, it's definitely a big positive. And I love the fact that Wind Daily's reaching out and actually being able to, to make some difference in the world. It is awesome, man. Uh, very, mm-hmm. very grateful. Uh, this has been, it's an always, always a blast with you guys. Uh, you know, obviously C and I have been doing this a while. You, you've been coming on the last few weeks cause you just have been making so much money and helping so many people. So we appreciate you there too. But, uh, yeah, man, it, it is a lot of fun. So let's, I mean, I guess first we have to get your contribution to the RG3. Well, you know what? No, as I said, we'll wait to see how much money you make. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Let's um, let's hop into it. This week we have we are talking PGA. Uh, this obviously this is our Tuesday night show. We will give you a little bit of time to digest tonight. A little time to digest tomorrow. We have C and Ajad here. We have Joel. Joel, is it Sherrick or is it Shrek? I, I think I always get it wrong. So it's pronounced Shrek, like the movie, but spelled differently. Okay, so we have Joel Shrek at Draftmaster Flex. We have Sia Najad at Sia Najad for all you Eagles, Bills, Falcons. I'm sure he's going to say something defaming later tonight about somebody, but let's jump into it. We have the Northern Trust. Um, talk to me, Sia. Where is the Northern Trust? Who the heck's in this field? And uh, who am I not going to put my free $74 bet on for the first round and miss out on, like, I don't know, four grand or whatever? Yeah, so we'll go over. Um, so we're going to try to do this a little faster than we did last time. So hopefully we can just do this all in like 25 minutes. And then we're going to get to some NBA talk, some really compelling NBA talk, actually. But I'll tell you, we'll save the first round leader and the outright picks for 
you know, once we're done with the DFS slate. But I'll, you know, let's just skip some of the precatory stuff about, you know, the course and stuff. I mean, you want to be good on approach here. You know, it helps to be good off the tee. Like, I mean, th- th- this is a shorter course. You know, it's not short, but it's not a super long course. So, you know, bombers can get to certain holes, you know, m- maybe like a-, a Bryson can get there, you mm-hmm. know, or a cam champ, but you know, for the most part, if you're just good with your iron play, especially your iron play from like, let's say 125 to 175, particularly 150 ish, um, you're going to be in pretty good shape here. You got to have a hot putter just like any other course. So now that we got that out of the way, that elite range, which is 10,000 to 11,300, which look, we have six people on it. There's really only one guy I personally like that I've already put on a lot of my teams. And that guy's name is Bryson DeChambeau. I just really like him on this course. He's been playing very well. That sort of bomber thing, which isn't going to be a huge help necessarily, but it will allow him to get, you know, there are some holes that are, you know, gettable, so to speak, on par fives or even some shorter par fours. So I like Bryson. I really don't like many of the other guys. I think Colin Morikawa is going to be really popular. He's great. That's fine. But if I have to spend this much money, I'm probably going to spend it up on Bryson. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, Colin Morikawa, when he won the PGA, I think he was priced at like 87-ish, 85-ish, if I'm not mistaken. I don't even think he cracked 9K because I think Daniel Berger was ahead of him, which is pretty crazy. Um, Joel, what about you? Who Do you, do you like anyone else uh, from this top tier? I'm with see. I love Bryson this week. Uh, one thing I learned kind of doing my research this week, and it's kind of been a recurring theme the last couple of weeks, is just because, of course, we see this episode isn't that long, that almost means long drivers are more important, right? Because now they're reaching, right, on holes that otherwise it would have been a 180 shot versus a 150 shot anyway. And now we're talking a big difference. So it's almost like the shorter holes favor long drivers. The shorter courses favor long drivers even more. So that's why I really love Bryson, Lizzie, because you know Bryson can get there on, on a lot of these holes. Um, and that's going to be a big boost. The, the other guys in the top range I'm targeting are DJ. Again, you know, he can crush the ball. He's playing better. Um, and Rom. Uh, I think Rom in this top tier is one guy that kind of just gets overlooked a lot. Um, I think, you know, Rom's still in great form. He's the number one player in the world. Uh, I'll definitely have some shares around this week. Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to fade the number one player in the world, <laughs> right? It's a little little difficult. I know we did it with Rory a couple times, but still, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Dude's been pretty hot so far. And yeah, again, Kyle Morikawa priced up, but very well deserved. I mean, obviously, the dude did what he did. So, Sia, let's move on to that 9K range, which looks even smaller than that uh, 10K plus range. Who do we got here that you're liking? Yeah, it's about the same size, actually. And I don't like much here other than, believe it or not, Jason Day at 9,300. I mean, this guy's track record on this particular course, TPC Boston, is really good. His form is really good. His iron play is really good. He can get hot with the putter. He doesn't seem to have an injury issue like we're all, we've always sort of been worried about the last two years. Of course, as I say that. I'm sure Thursday afternoon he'll like go down with vertigo or a back injury because that always happens. But the point is, I like in this in this range in particular, really, really, I would say Jason Day's my main guy. And I would I would give Patrick Reed a, like a very comfortable second place there and then maybe Webb right behind him. But uh, if I have to spend up in this range and only one person, I would take Jason Day. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Jason Day. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't get that vertigo, man. That's probably sucks. Joel, who do you got here? So I agree. I don't love this range, but the guys who I am targeting in this range are, are a little bit different from you, Sia. So I will, I'll agree with Day. Day, I'm, I'm on. I like Day. I would, I would play him. But other than that, I think if I were to go outside of him, I like Shoffley. Um, and the other person I might target in this range is Patrick Cantlay. Why? You know, he's he hasn't he's been a little cold recently. He hasn't been playing great. He's again, like I like I always say, it's a theme for me. When you get a top fifteen golfer in the world who hasn't been putting in good scores, right? 
he's due, right? One mm-hmm. of these times he's going to come around, he's going to put up a good score, and I think this could be the course. He also has a pretty decent course history here, so this maybe is a good spot for him to turn it around. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, all right, let's. so not really too much in these top two ranges, so I assume there's going to be a couple guys here in this 8 to 7K. 8K is really small too. Jeez. All right, yes, Tia, talk to me a little bit about this 8K range. Yeah, well, the 8K range is definitely bigger, and, and yeah. it starts out with Daniel Berger, who has probably been a top three golfer this year. I really like Daniel Berger. I mean, he's definitely sort of an underappreciated guy, but as I say that, I'm noticing his ownership percentage right now is right around that 20% range, so he's certainly not getting ignored by any stretch but i do like daniel berger i'll probably take a shot on finau in a couple lineups i don't love it but i'm not gonna be completely devoid of tony finau you know tiger woods is next on the list i really never have tiger woods i mean i literally mean i never have tiger woods if there was a tournament to play tiger woods i actually do kind of like his form right now and honestly he's been so bad with the putter that i think he could i mean anybody can really i think he could really turn that around so i i kind of like tiger this week maybe a couple shares as i keep going down the list i don't really like anybody else other than Adam Scott. I think Adam Scott, his course history here is excellent. You know, he took a huge, huge layoff. His his first, I guess the PGA Championship was his first time back since the restart, and he actually performed pretty well. And again, with his course history here, he's clearly comfortable here. You know, he's like 36th in the FedEx Cup standings, which you wouldn't think because he took such a long layoff. Well, that means he's actually striking distance from that number one spot of $15 million, you know, when we when we really get down to it. And by the way, the top 30 get paid for this FedEx Cup. So it's not like if you finish second place, it's like, oh, winner take all. I don't get anything. Second place is like $5 million. And then third place, $3 million, And then it goes down from there. So all of these guys that are within, you know, the 30 to 40 to 45 range, really anybody can win it. But like guys like Adam Scott, you know, they have a realistic shot of being the top guy. And how crazy would that be if he's, you know, he basically took, you know, three, four, five months off and then he decided to pop back in and win a FedEx Cup title. I mean, it's possible. That's not bad. Three, four, five million dollar night. Sounds like a Tuesday on Joel's uh, bankroll. Joel, (laughs) who are you liking over here in this range, man? Um, yeah, so I'm one of those guys that's like, you know, you have like a core group of guys who you always are on. You just can't get away from Daniel Berger is one of those for me. Um, he, since the restart, he's been like in every tournament. Um, so I'm going to be hard to get away from him. You know, the, the back statistics on who to target don't really favor him. Um, but like, that's just kind of like defines Daniel Berger, right? Everyone know everyone kind of overlooks him and then he's right there every week. So um, I've learned my lesson, and I'm not going to fade him anymore. He'll always have some shares in my lineups. And you know what's funny, Sia? You're spot on this week about Tiger. Tiger's typically way overplayed. It's like everyone loves Tiger. He's the best, obviously. He's the GOAT. And, like, from a daily fantasy perspective, like, everyone wants to have their shares of Tiger. They want to be in on it when he wins the tournament. But for the most part, he's overvalued because he's the greatest of all time. He's a little bit older. They overprice him. People overplay him. Uh, and he's really not that good. There's something about this week that's telling me this could be a Tiger week. He has a great history here. And like Sia said, he is striking the ball well. His putter was atrocious. You know, he's too competitive to putt that poorly consistently. Um, so I, you got to think the putter will turn around. And this course really does play well to his strengths. Um, and then the last guy in this range who I'm looking at, well, there's two guys in this game I'm looking at. It's It's Matsuyama. Masayama's one of those guys that he's in every tournament. He's not getting you those top five and tens that you need, but he's there every tournament. So, you know, he's one of those guys you don't want to fade because he's playing great golf, and it's just a matter of hitting a couple long putts, and then, boom, he could win a tournament. So I'm definitely going to have my shares of him. 
And then the last guy in this range, I just want to mention, I think he's overpriced. He's, he shouldn't be this – or he normally wouldn't be this high, but he's just playing well. It's Scotty Scheffler. In other words, another one of those courses where it suits his game, right, where if he's going to shoot him out there nice and long and be able to get a lot of birdie opportunities, that's what you need for DraftKings. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him in the 7,000s, but again, if he finishes in the top 10, it doesn't matter. You need him in your lineup if he finishes in the top 10. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in this range, you might as well. Sia, what are you laughing at? Last time he recommended Scotty Scheffler, I had zero shares of him. And so did, uh, this is another listener who's really profited off of uh, Joel. His name is Jeff McGrath. Had also He also had zero shares of him and Joel Damon. Anyway, uh, those were amazing picks. And I fortunately put some shares in after we had the show with Joel. And that was for the PGA Championship where Scotty Scheffler finished fourth. So anytime, because I have zero shares with Scotty Scheffler right now. So anytime well, Joel mentions Scotty Scheffler, I'm like, oh shoot, I need to go back and like you know, work him in some lineups, but only so many. So so that Joel, you don't have to feel too much pressure. It's not like I'm going to be super overweight on him. But um, I, anytime you say Scotty Scheffler or Joel Damon, I am now from now, and we'll get to Joel Damon. Um, I'm now uh, invested, so to speak. I like. It. I actually want to touch on that because that's a good point. My friends often are asking me like who I recommend, and most of the time, like I don't want to. My friends are asking for recommendation. I don't want to give the favorite to win the tournament because that's easy, right? It's obvious. And so I try to give some lower, lower tier guys to to recommend to them, and then they'll play them in every lineup they play, and I'll be like, hold on, hold on. If I'm giving you a lower tiered guy, please don't put full exposure. Right? It's take a shot on them. But like my friend, my one buddy was like killing one of the tournaments. He was like in the top 100 in the millionaire. And he had like some long shot I gave him that didn't even make the cut in every lineup. I was like, oh, I was like, why would you do that? Oh, no. Well, hey, at least he has you as a friend who can help him out a little bit. And he also has Win Daily Sports as friends too. windailysports.com backslash learn daily. You get everything on the site, which includes Joel's articles and the expert chat includes Sia's articles. And it includes Steven's articles, who has this incredible article that comes out Sunday night, kind of late. But it's so important. And we actually just have a question that is related to that article. Blue Eyed Chef asks, for GPP, do we still want one or two players at 5% owned? And I think what the answer is going to be is it depends on the GPP. But for the Millie Maker, I think that is part of the algorithm that Steven has come up with. Correct, Sia? It's, it is you need two people under 5%. and blah, 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 blah. So, so I'll let you take it from there. Well, he, Joel, Joel may be better suited for this, but okay. but basically the way he breaks it down is you, you add up the total percentage and you divide by six and you want it to be somewhere in like the 13 to 15% range. So, I mean, if, if we're just going to take like a, a top level, like superficial approach, yes, you would definitely want at least one guy. If you're, do, if you're doing the Millie Maker, you would definitely want at least one guy that's like 5% or lower. And you would definitely want at least two guys that are that are very low owned if you're going to take a lot of the sort of the chalky, you know, 20 to 25% guys. But really every, like if you, if you say GPP, then my next question is, well, okay, but is it a single entry GPP or is it like the the, the multi, you know, excuse me, the, the Millie Maker? So um, that's where the real big difference comes in. But Joel, anything else on that? Yeah, I mean, I would say, and I think I've said this before, roster construction in DFS is almost as, if not more important than the picking players, right? So how you go about that is critical. And so that's like, like you said, that, that's a great factor to keep in mind. I tend to, to look away from that a little bit from this thought process. If you're going after a big GPP, like a Millie Maker, where there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of entry or close to it, you pretty much need to be close to perfect. Um, so if that means you have to have five guys at 40% and that's the top five, then that's what you have to have, right? It doesn't matter what percent own they are. So, you know, 
the the concept of the low percent owned is like if you're going to have five guys that are really close, the only difference maker that you're going to have that it gets you above people are you have that guy at five percent that no one else has. That's your difference maker. But if your guy five percent misses, then you just ruined a great lineup. So you know, yes, it's definitely something you want to look for. You want to find some lower end guys because it's beneficial. But if you think you have the perfect lineup with higher end guys, go for it because if that's if you really feel conviction on guys that are higher percent owned and that comes through, then you'll win that way, right? Because that's how you win. You're going to get the perfect one. I love it, especially in the Millie Maker. Yes, I, I'm, it's, you just need the guys that are closest to the top. It's, it's, it's that darn easy. Um, I know it does get difficult with some of the, the pricing, of course, and that's kind of where I think, you know, see a secret weapon always comes in, which is fun. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so after, so that was the 8K range, uh, finishing off with Scotty Scheffler, who we are now all writing down in our notepads, I hope, everybody. <laughs> uh, let's move on to that 7K range and... Sia, tell me something good about Ricky Fowler. My grandma, man. Just no, I, I refuse no. to do that. It's, there's nothing no. good to say about Ricky Fowler other than I, I like his clothes. Yeah, um, that's to, why she likes to, him so much. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, um, Grandma Michael, uh, he's 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 dashing. I think that's a word she would probably use, right? No, no. dapper. But, no, definitely not. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'll so tell listen, you like him. Don't worry. A couple quick things for Blue Eyed Chef. So you mentioned Steven's article. You said Sunday night. It's actually Wednesday night, right around like six o'clock or so. Yeah, and that's my bad. around the same time I released that secret weapon pick. So um, Blue Eyed Chef definitely like be on the Wind Daily site for that because um, he actually sort of will tell you break break down the ownership percentages, and you can get in Discord and ask him the same questions you're asking us right now, and maybe we can allocate a little bit more time to that. But one quick thing in the eight thousand range, I do want to mention. Justin Rose was hilarious last week, like really, really bad. He let a lot of people down, including myself, by the way. Therefore, he's going to be about 5% owned this week, maybe 6%, maybe 4%, who knows, something around that range. For a guy like Justin Rose of his pedigree, that's really low. Let's keep in mind he was top 10 at the PGA Championship just two weeks ago. So it's not like he hasn't had any game the last month or two. So if you are making 10 lineups, one of them has to have Justin Rose in it. It is an absolute must. Now, maybe you want to have two of Justin Rose. You probably don't want to have four or three, but that's just me. So don't just ignore Justin Rose because he had one bad week because the, the week prior, he had a good week, and now it's the FedEx playoffs, and guys like him and Adam Scott and Jason Day and some of these real real guys that have been around uh, are going to step up their game a little bit. So it's possible Justin Rose kind of reverts back to PGA Championship form instead of just the Wyndham Championship form. Okay, so if we go into the 7K range, I'll, I'll be real quick here. There's only a few guys I like. Billy Horschel's one of them. Speaking of FedEx Cup guys, like this guy, I mean, I hate to go down Narrative Street, but this guy really does step his game up. Nice sound effects. So he really does step his game up, and he proved that last week. He had a really good attitude about losing. I just think the guy is loose. He's dialed in. Uh, his 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 strokes gain metrics, all of that measure out here. Um, Matt Wolf is another guy I like. I think he's underpriced at 7,800. I always like Abraham Answer. I'll probably be a little less on him this week, but I will have a couple shares. And then as we go down to if we stop at 7,500, there's really nobody else that I'm like super invested in. And uh, it's crazy. Sanjay M, man, this poor guy has just been a free fall since the beginning. He started at like 95, 9,600, and now he's all the way down here in the sevens. It's just crazy to see. But hey, you don't make the cut. No one's going to play it. Um, Joel, who are, you, who are you liking in this top half of the 7K range? Yeah, so first, I, I want to just comment. See, I agree with that 100%. So like Justin Rose is typically a guy I would never play. I'm not a big Justin Rose fan. Um, but that is where those percentages plays come into play. Like, forget about the 6000 price guy that's 5% owned because that's just taking a, a shot. But 
when you get a guy like Rose, who's, you know, a top 30 golfer in the world, and it's that little one, like, he's too good to be for you to be one of the only people in a tournament to have him. So from that campaign point, like me, a guy who doesn't like him, I will also be playing him this week just for that reason. It's just he's too good of a golfer to be that low. Um, from, I actually like this range a lot, and because I like so many guys, I'm not going to go into too much detail on each one of them, but I'll just kind of list the guys that I am targeting in this range. So uh, as risky it is, as it is, I actually like Ricky this week. I think his form's in good shape. And, and you have to say actually because Ricky is like he, he disappoints you so much that it's like surprising to be on him. But um, yeah, you know something about Ricky this week is, is is talking to me. I'm with you on Billy, uh, Gary Woodland, and Wolf. So bam, the first four guys in the range are one. So I like chose to show you. I really do like this range from a roster construction standpoint. When looking at the card, I almost want to try and build all guys in this range if I can. Right almost fade the top, fade the, the low, and just try and get a, a bunch of guys in the 7,000s. Um, answer I'm on as well. I think Cameron Champ, uh, distance-wise, looks really good on this course. Uh, I think you can get a lot of birdies, and as you guys know, that's what you need to score well on DraftKings. Um, and I'm, I'm going to scroll down a bit further here and then kind of looking down toward the bottom of the range. Uh, you know, as we all know, my my staple, my friend, my name, uh, twin, Joel Dahman. Uh, always got to have a little bit of shares of him. He, uh, you know, when he comes through for you the last time you play him, you, you don't want to fade him. So I think he's just a guy that gets overlooked. I think he's a little bit better than DraftKings gives him credit for. I think he should probably be in the higher sevens range. So I will definitely have my shares of, of, of Joel. And then uh, Tom Lewis, again, one of my guys I'm coming back to. I think this course does shape up well for him. Um, he has been a little bit of a colder streak than than um, he was maybe a month ago, but he's definitely not in bad form, and I'll, I'll definitely be going back to him this week. And what about? I mean, we're down in the range. H H V three made you a lot of money last week. Are, are you on him at all, or is he uh, you fading him a bit this week? So I don't. I I I, I would probably play him in showdown. I don't like him for a full tournament. He he tends to implode on some days, so I don't want to have him on my weekend tournament shares, but. If you want to do like a first round bet or a showdown slate with him, I like him for that. I just wouldn't, I don't want to invest in him for the whole weekend. Makes sense. I should have invested in him, but I never did. Oh, that's right. So we kind of, we kind of buried the headline um, because of the whole uh, RG3 foundation thing. But yeah, we like the wind daily family, honestly, some subscribers, again, I'll mention Jeff McGrath. Uh, I, I hit it. Uh, Michael did not hit it. Joel hit it. Like, we had the Harold Varner, the third first round leader. We said it on the live stream. If, if you recall, Michael, I was on mm-hmm. uh, Fox Sports Philly with John Jansen at John yep. uh, J Jansen 34, I believe. Best radio voice in the industry, by the way. And I, I touted that pick there, too. And second best, sorry, behind Thank Michael Rizzo one, obviously. Um, so the point is, yeah, we, we're going to give you some first round leader bets, too, and some outrights. But but I actually, I mean, Varner was, was huge. And I agree with Joel. I'm not really on him this week. I do want to mention Showdown. So like guys like Varner who you don't think might last four rounds or like Tiger Woods, for example, who you think might implode at some point. Cause he's sort of been doing that a little bit, particularly with his putter. What a great way to start off your Thursday, have your, your, your main slate, you know, the, the, the four day, whatever, but then do a showdown with some guys you like, but you just don't think can generate it over four days. Tiger Woods is a good one. Maybe Ryan Palmer, maybe, you know, Joel Diamond is a really good one actually, because he can be in blow up spots. So, so, you know, it's not a terrible idea to make one or two showdown lineups and then have the rest of your lineups be, you know, what they normally are. So I'm glad you mentioned showdown in the, the rest of this 7,000 range. 
you know, I, I kind of like Doc Redmond. I mean, his strokes gain metrics, whether it's off the tee, I mean, ball striking, which includes off the tee and approach, they're like out of control good. So he is a guy, you know, you're kind of chasing points here because he was so good last week. He'll probably be a little bit more popular. You know, he's he's grading out at about 12% ownership, which is a little high for this range, but I think he's fantastic. I think Ryan Palmer is another good guy. He's he's hot and cold. He could absolutely crush your team, but he could also save your team. If you recall a couple of weeks ago, Jason Mizrahi was yelling at us, or was it last week? Because Palmer was plus three or something on day one, and then he shot you know a sixty three or something the next day. So um, a lot of these guys in this seven K range can be very hot and very cold. And the last thing I want to say with what Joel just said about this seven K range, the upper seven K in particular, is it's really fruitful. So you don't necessarily need to leave money on the table just to be contrarian this week. You can leave money on the table because it's actually the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Like you could fade the top echelon or you could take one guy in the top tier, that elite tier where Bryson and those, you know, Rory and those guys are, and then just like really skip down to the 7K tier and then maybe grab an 8K. You might have 1,100 left on the table. I don't know. That's not something I typically like to do. But although to me, all the way down to 7,300 is where like you have a ton of talent. And then I think there's a major drop off personally, once you get down to 7,200 and below. And this is not a tournament where you really want to mess with the 6K range too much because it's not that they're bad golfers. They made the FedEx Cup playoffs, but the drop-off to me is pretty dramatic. Yeah, and that I, I, that, I think that's another thing uh, we've brought up a little bit throughout the FedEx Cup playoff, I think is very important. We were talking about Narrative Street before, and I know we were speaking about it last week, and and you know we were talking about Joel's Tuesday night winning $5 million or whatever, but I think it's, it's important, like, how much of a factor again as last week was and now we're getting a little deeper into this how many tournaments long is this and and how i mean as you told us last week but tell us again like how quickly can you jump from 125 to 100 or 287 or something see ya yeah, pretty quick because the points are triple. So I believe the winner of this event gets like 1,500 points. So if we take Adam Scott, for example, who was either 34th or 36th, I think he's 36th. If he were to get 1,500, he'd basically be at the top. I mean, he would literally like go to the top. Now, of course, that would actually mean that like yeah. the people in the top 10 like wouldn't really get many points. So so obviously there's going to be an increase in points from the top 10 most likely as well or top 20. But yeah, you can jump a lot of people. So I think it's just the three tournaments this year. So you you have the 125 and then it gets whittled down to 70 and then it, it gets whittled down to 30. So you have to be in that top 30 to mm-hmm. play the final event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. So really you're just angling to get like in that top 30. I mean, it's kind of weird how they do the, the the last tournament. It's, it's something we'll talk about another day, but guys in the forties and fifties can really like gain some ground going into this second tournament. I love it. I love it. All right, cool. Let's move on to that six K range. Then I know you say you're not super excited about this one, but there'll be one guy I'm confident that you're going to be very excited about, but we're not going to tell you here. You have to hop into the Discord again, <laughs> windailysports.com backslash learn daily. You get everything for free for three days. The articles, the projections, the cheat sheets, the optimizer that we got, and also, of course, the expert chat where you get to hear all the golf guys go crazy till like 4 o'clock in the morning, which is an absolute blast. Um, so that's fun, too. But let's talk about that 6K range, Sia. Yeah, so one thing I did forget to mention because he's so low on the 7K range, I think taking a shot at Emiliano Grillo is actually like a pretty decent play. He's typically a bad putter. I don't really fault people too much for that because that can kind of change in an instant. His ball striking has been really good. Again, we're in the 7K range, so it's the range I've already told you I don't like. But if you have to dig for a 7K guy, I think Grillo, who's been playing pretty well, is, is a good is a good guy to take. In that 6K range, there's only two guys other than Secret Weapon, who I, I haven't really figured out who it is yet, full disclosure. 
disclosure, but typically that happens. I usually don't figure out till Wednesday, and it hits every time. So no worries there. Who um, was the secret weapon last week? Adam Long, who had a great okay. tournament. Nice. Look at that. Yeah, every he was I think four percent uh, owned, and uh, I think he was sixty nine hundred. Not bad. Um, I haven't not hit a secret weapon yet. Mm -hmm. It's been like six to six, and I don't mean just making the cut. Like these guys are clearly out kicking their coverage from a, from a pricing standpoint. So Love pretty it. awesome. Um, the, the only two guys I even want to mention outside of the secret weapon is Taylor Gooch. Good form. He was, he was great last week. Uh, I think he's 6,500. He's solid and he has a cool sounding name, right? Yeah. So kinda, okay. Right. Um, the opposite of a cool sounding name is something like Denny McCarthy. And Denny actually is another guy like I, I, I'm not looking at his price right now. I think he's in the 68 or 6,900 range. Denny McCarthy is typically kind of only a good putter and his his strokes gain metrics ball striking uh from a ball striking standpoint aren't really that great but he's actually been coming on a lot lately so if you have to dip in that low range actually like mccarthy better than gooch and then again and gooch is priced a little bit lower so so gooch below that thank you keep saying gooch at least one more time throughout the show um and yeah denny mccarthy's like paul mccartney's like cousins kids sisters like uncle or something right and so joel um who do you have in the 6k range i'm i'm with you on mccarthy mccarthy was great on sunday he he shot seven under he won me some showdown money uh and, and it hasn't been like if you like again i always say this as well you gotta be playing every week to know about these guys like if you think back to the 3m i think it was the 3m open he got hot there too right and so now like the last three tournaments he's played in he's gotten hot he's been in the mix for a guy at this price, like, yeah, he's definitely someone I want to have some shares of. Um, another guy that uh, is one of my guys, uh, he, he wasn't as good. He disappointed a bit last week, but I'm going to go back to his Henrik Norlander. Um, he's a good golfer. Uh, he's been playing well. I think uh, he, he needs to hit the ball a bit better this week and, and improve from last week, but I think he's just a better golfer than Jim DraftKings is pricing him. So I'll definitely have some shares, especially when I want to get maybe, you know, Bryson and Rory into my lineups. Um, and then the last guy on this in the six thousand range that I'm going to be targeting is Cameron Davis. Uh, I think he's another one where the course fits his skill set, uh, where he's going to hit the ball long. He's going to be able to get a lot of birdies. You're going to need to bank on a, a non implosion. You need to get a, a consistent week out of him. But if you can, he can compete. He can get you in the top fifteen or ten, which uh, you know with his price tag can help you win a tournament. That could be very helpful. That is, the, I like all those uh, calls. Yeah, that's the that's the ownership we're really looking for there. That's fantastic. Um, all right, so that is the DFS breakdown of the Northern Trust, and now we're gonna move on to the betting where everybody but me won a lot of money last weekend. So see ya. Um, I will put money down this week. I promise. You just have to tell me who first round leader. I got it. We gotta hit it, man. I have to hit. It. I feel like such an idiot. I literally lost thousands of dollars please help me get back help me get it back <laughs> well you didn't lose thousands of dollars yeah, you just it didn't lose thousands of dollars exactly but we all whatever just anyway anyway i did it to myself it is what it is so you know what i'm going to start with the outrights only because the outrights are a little less fun in my opinion mm -hmm. so let's like save the most fun thing for last and, and, and i'll be honest with my outrights i'm really big on on taking a play after round one and and you know my outrights are always kind of long shots this isn't necessarily the tournament to take a long shot and, and by long shot i mean 30 to one or or worse so uh, i'll just give you a few that i think these guys were in really really good form this year and they're just really not getting the respect for that right now and when I say them, I want you to keep them in mind for showdown too, because I think these are guys that can have amazing kind of 
first and, and this goes for the first round leaders too. These guys might I might not have mentioned them in my DFS slate, but I think they're they're good plays for either first round leader or showdown and maybe even Terrell Hatton and Victor Hovland at 50 to one. I just think that's a good number in some shops, some places you can get um, both of those guys for like 60 to one. It just kind of depends. But where I saw it, it was 50 to one. Um, And Matt Wolf at 50 to one, I think is, is listen, this guy competes. I mean, he is not intimidated by the moment. If it wasn't for a few missed crazy missed putts um, after amazing drives and approaches at the PGA championship, he would have won that. So I think Matt Wolf at 50 to one is a long, and if we're going to go super, super long, Ryan Palmer at 150 to one, again, these are the outright bets that, that that's it. Those are the four. 150 to one, 150 I mean, at, least, to one. at least two bucks on that one. Uh, Joel, do you have any long shot outright bets that you're, uh, you're, I know you had a couple shekels last week on a few guys. Yeah. So this is not a week. So when I gamble on golf, not on DFS, it's, you know, pre tournament, it's, it feels too much of a lottery ticket to take, a long shot, especially in a tournament like this with all these big names. And that's who I want to bet on, right? I don't want to bet on one of the top guys at 10 to 1 because anything can happen. If I'm going to do it, I'd rather put, you know, 50 bucks out there that can really make me 20,000 or something crazy like that. Um, so what I do is I'll, I'll take you a few guys that I like that are really long shots. I would caution, do not put a lot of money on these. Um, these are long shots for fun, not because I actually think they're going to win the tournament. But these are guys I think will compete, and you know, in a golf tournament, anything can happen. So, one guy that I have my eyes on that I think it could really, if he doesn't blow up at all, I, I hope I don't butcher his name, Jason Cockrack. Uh, he's cousins he's, of Mr. Gooch by any chance. Yeah. <laughs> he, he came on last week. He, this course suits him really well, and he's the type of guy where if you look maybe last winter to early this year. He was probably would have been like in the mid to high 8,000 price tags in DraftKings. He was just playing a lot better. He cooled off significantly this summer, but he's starting to play well again. He has the capabilities of getting in those top tens. So give him a, let him go really low one day and he's right in this tournament. Uh, and you can get him at, you can bet 100 bucks to win 10,000. So you got like those odds on, on someone like him. Another guy that I really like, um, and I think you guys will probably make a face after I say this, is Bubba Watson. I think Bubba's due. Uh, <laughs> but I know you, playing Bubba is, is like uh, playing the lottery because he does come through once every once every six months. Um, <laughs> and then we just you after that. And you're like, well, he was just playing so great last week. Uh, but again, he's going to drive the ball really far. He's going he can get a lot of birdies here. Uh, and I think because he has been playing so poorly, his odds have really shrunk to a point where you can get some really good value. Where if he is able to turn it on this week, I think. Uh, he can cash a lot of money for us. I like that. So we had the we had the HV three bet last week, um, but let's not forget. If I'm not mistaken, Joel, you also had Webb Simpson in the top five, right? Something like that. And I think he ended up third overall, right? I I had Webb Simpson in the top five, and I really liked, and I think I mentioned on the podcast Webb Simpson in the top twenty. So you hit the top yeah. twenty. Um, I did say it was a safer bet. Uh, but that was the one that I that was my biggest wager of the week was get him getting in the top twenty and that seemed pretty safe almost the whole weekend. Yeah, and I think as you said, it was like almost pick a money. It was like minus one ten or something. So it was it, it, you didn't not exactly. not paying too much juice there. Uh, so you definitely made some money. So all right, see, ya, let's 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 get to the fun stuff. What do we got? First round leaders. How am I making my money tomorrow or on Thursday? 
Okay, so I have five, but I'm going to add a sixth. So six is like my max. I usually only get four or five, but let's have some fun, right? I only gave four outrights. And and frankly, just like just like usual, the, the outrights for me are more like a, a mid-tournament bet. Um, If you recall, I, when I hit that Dustin Johnson 80 to one, it was after Thursday when he was like eight or nine shots back of some guy nobody's ever heard of before. So Tony Finau at 40 to one. Again, this is a nice, to me, this is a nice showdown play. Like this is a guy that can get hot at any moment, but usually kind of crumbles on Sunday. But I... He's in good form. So 40 to 1 doesn't seem like a ridiculous number to me. Uh, Adam Scott at 50 to 1. I probably have more. If you're going to choose between the two, I probably have more faith in Finau than I do Scott as a first round leader. But then the rest of the list, I mentioned Terrell Hatton. He's a guy that can go off at any moment. 55 to 1. I like that. Matt Wolf at 60 to 1. And then my final two, and I added this this last one, Doc Redman at 80 to 1. And then Ryan Palmer at 80 to 1. So just recap Finau, Adam Scott, Terrell Hatton, Matt Wolf. Doc Redman, Ryan Palmer. If you were only going to take three of those, because you just you only wanted to bet three first round leaders, I would take Tony Finau, Matt Wolf, and Doc Redman. But I do like all six. All right, I will be placing those bets a little bit later. And I tried to do it while you was doing it, but uh, you went a little too quick for me. Joel, uh, who do you have first round leader? You hit last week. I mean, you both hit last week, but sounds pretty good, right? So when, when I'm looking at first round leader, same concept. I'm trying to get a little bit more obscure because it's one day I want to get a big payout, and this is where a guy that's a no name can more likely can get you in the top, and they're not going to last all weekend. But for one day, they can go really low and and, and have a big payout. So I kind of scroll down to the bottom of the bigger odds when I'm looking at uh, my first round leader bets. The first guy that that I'm liking is Zach Johnson. So Zach Johnson played played really well last week. Uh, and I'm more kind of riding his heater um, where if he just keeps that hot streak alive, maybe one more day gets us a, a nice low score can, can go into the lead heading into day two. Uh, I think you can get a nice payday um, looking at 80 to one odds on him. Uh, another guy that I like, and I, I it's not statistically backed. I, I don't know how much of his game fits this course, but it's more, I just think he's too low for how good a golfer he is. And that's Kevin. Nah. Uh, I think people get really scared away by Nah. Because of his back injury, he's pulled himself out of a few tournaments. But, you know, he might get his back hurt on uh, Friday. So if he wins day one <laughs> on Friday, we still win our money. <laughs> so, still get to take home the money. Exactly. And and the last play that I'm going to look at for, for day one is uh, another name I'm going to butcher. Louis Uswazen. Um The South African. This actually has a really good course history. Um, this course does suit him well. And, you know, I don't love him to win all four days. It's too strong of a field. But, yeah, I certainly like him to go low one day and, and maybe have the course in to start the tournament. Let's hope it's that first day of the tournament. That way, again, we, <laughs> we look really smart. We can make a lot of money. And then what we can do, I think if we want to double down or way more than double down, we take all the money we were going to donate to RG3, throw him on one of these first-round leaders, and like <laughs> 80 times that money, he's going to have to become a staple on the show if that happens. If we're donating something, like, I don't know. What, 80 to 1? See, you got to do the math for me. 4,500 times 80 to 1. What is that? Oh, that's tough, that's, man. That's some money. That's some money. RG3 will be in love with us. I am. Confident. I think it's like 36,000? No, 360,000? Oh, my goodness. All right, RG, we'll give you... 30 we'll give you how about we give him sixty thousand of it and then we split the three hundred thousand does that make us bad people i don't think so three hundred and sixty thousand dollars boom how about my math buddy there you go (laughs) 
Doctor, lawyer, mathematician. Look at you. You are you are everything. World Series of Poker main event cashier. Yes, that's where the you. math comes in, my friend. That's where that <laughs> math comes in. Just saying. That is why I lost all the win daily poker tournaments. Um, <laughs> very, very quickly. Yeah, sorry about that. It's okay. You deserve my money more than I do. Um. Anyway, so we so that is our Northern Trust breakdown. We have the DFS. We have the sports betting. I'm going to be putting a dollar on every single one of those people that you guys said. Really crossing my fingers. One of them comes through because then I make all my money back and maybe a couple extra on top of it so it'll be pretty sweet um now i think we're talking a little little nba right yeah let's do it yeah let's do it so let's uh transition here for probably 10 15 minutes we do have nba playoffs that just started the other day so far it has been an absolute blast we had donovan mitchell doing his thing and jamal murray doing his thing which was uh, so much fun we had a complete and utter bullshit call against the mavericks with that kp ejection i was watching that game Clippers should have lost that game, uh, and they would have, I think, if KP was not there. So I know a lot of people are very either angry or happy, depending on where you had your money with that one. But I guess, you know, just off the top, how have uh, Sia, how have you been enjoying at least these NBA playoffs so far? So um, I'm actually, like, scrolling for series prices because I'm curious what the Bucks series price is. Obviously, they're still mm. going to be a huge favorite. I just want to see if it's takeable or maybe you could put it in a parlay with something. But let's talk about Dallas real quick because – I mean, I think we can all agree it was like the softest ejection of all time. And by the way, his first technical was on like a perfectly clean block. It was just so discouraging that that could even happen, that that you could that you could even have that like without replay. Like you would think the ref would be like, oh, no, no, I'm taking that away. But I'll tell you, you know, I was listening to VSIN, shout out to VSIN this morning, and it was either somebody from the South Point or from William Hill. I think somebody from the South Point was on and they were like, if the Dallas Clippers over had come in, we would have had the worst loss we've had in years. They already had a bad loss be- uh, that day or yesterday because the favorites had just dominated mm-hmm. yesterday, and that's never good for a sports book, right? So that Dallas over was like the, was going to be basically like the straw that broke the camel's back because everybody was on it. And you, you know it didn't come in because when Porzingis got ejected, the whole game sort of slowed down for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying anything. But if you are a conspiracy theorist, you look at that and you say, oh, wait a minute. They wanted to do something to disrupt this the flow of this game. Mission accomplished. And it saved a lot of money for the, for the people that aren't in our shoes, but in the opposite shoes. So I, I find that very interesting. But agree with you. I think the playoffs have been amazing. I'm like LeBron in Portland. They've just started. It's two nothing Portland. So it's panic time in LA, Uh-oh. but uh, the Clippers didn't look that great. Uh, the, the, the Mavericks looked great. The Bucks looked bad. And if you recall on Sirius XM fantasy sports channel, I was telling the Celtics the whole time because I didn't think that the, I, I, I said this verbatim. I said, the Bucks are a regular season team and I have not seen yet that they are a playoff team. I know the Celtics are a playoff team. So I think, uh, I think that's going to come to fruition. And other than that, I'm just excited to watch all these games. Joel, what are your thoughts? So you you brought back some some bitter memories. I uh, I was playing an eight leg parlay yesterday. The last leg was Clippers and the over. Oh my god! And it was fifty dollars to win three grand. And I sat and it lost by one point. And I'm sitting there going, no, that's oh, what I no. is that that last over under. So that that sucked. Um, but yeah, I understand the book. Yeah, that's the, I'm sure everyone was on that play, and, and they they made uh, they made a lot, a lot of their money probably. I I agree with you. I think the NBA is doing this superb. Um, the games are have been entertaining. It, it's like the only sport that I don't feel like is at risk of even getting stopped. Like they got this. The playoffs are going to finish. Like 
I'm I'm worried about football. Baseball looks like questionable, but like basketball, they look fine. Like they got this down. So um, it, it's been great. And, and the, the the sneaky most entertaining part is that you know obviously because we're in a pandemic, we're all working from home. No one's really leaving, and the game started at one o'clock. So we're here all day watching NBA all day. No distractions at the office. I hope my job's not watching this, but I got the game going. I got action all day. I mean, come on. It's basketball. You can kind of throw it on mute for the first couple quarters. Once it gets tight, that's when you can kind of put, you know, a little, little well, who we got? Uh, not, is Marv Albert there? I can't remember. I think he is, right? Marv Albert, I think. I don't, I don't know, think maybe. it's Marv no, calling it's the games. No, it's Oh, then I don't remember who is it. Um, Mr. Breen, then yes, uh, Mr. Breen there. Um, which is just fun, man. It's fun. It's awesome hearing those dudes, and you know, uh, of course, Doris Burke. Yeah, like one thirty in the afternoon. It's like I'm just finishing up my lunch, and here is a highly intense basketball game. You want to watch, Mike? Absolutely, TV. I want to watch. Let me throw that on. Hockey's been great too. I know we're not probably going to talk too much hockey, but I think Sia Ayora uh, Capitals are going to be eliminated tonight, which is kind of a drag, but. I guess. Yeah, they're down two to one. They were down two nothing. So we'll see if they oh, okay. can muster up uh, some respect here. And I was uh, I was looking. I cannot find at least not on our, our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I cannot find a series line for the Bucks Magic. Um, kind of want the Bucks to go down by two two zero. I think that's where we can find a lot of fun money. Because uh, yeah, I almost what was it? I think you said it was at fourteen and a half earlier today, Sia. And I think did they cover that fourteen and a half? No, day. so that was the halftime line. So they were oh. down 10, and the halftime line was basically minus 14 and a half. And I think, honestly, I, you know, speaking of sports books, they must have made a ton of money because if you are in into live betting, you would have been live betting the Bucks basically up until the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if you recall that, that the Bucks had actually closed the deficit to three early in the third quarter, and it looked like it was going to be stomp season and game over. And whatever live bet you had, you know, you were going to win it like kind of easily. But the Magic, you know, without their best player, because Aaron Gordon thinks he's like God, but he's kind of like just okay. And I, I see Darius in the chat. He says the Magic looked good today. I mean, they really did. They... they to the extent the Bucks had any runs, the Magic were like, okay, here's this three-pointer and here's this layup and, you know, you're down 10 again. So I was I was really impressed. I mean, I don't think it's out, outside the realm of possibility that the Bucks lose, but, I mean, obviously I think they're still, a, you know, a heavy favorite. I think it would be amazing if they lost because then all of a sudden the Celtics and the Heat and some of these teams, or maybe even the Magic, I don't know, like are all of a sudden going to be like, oh, are we playing the Clippers or the Lakers? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, the Magic did this last year as well. Uh, they beat the Raptors in their first game, and everyone's like, is Kawhi Leonard bad at basketball? And then we all realize, no, he's really good, and I think they ended up winning that series in five. So, yeah, I wouldn't be, uh, as you said, Magic looked good, but you, you finished the rest of that. Uh, you forgot the rest of that sentence by Darius where he said, but Bucks in five, which I probably agree with him a little bit there. Oh, uh, you know what? I didn't yeah, even you see kinda, that. Yeah, uh, you just missed that last one there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, what do you got, Joel? The Bucks are going to win the series, but what I will say I was most impressed about with the Magic, they looked great defensively. I mean, this doesn't look like a team that was, like, lucky to be there. This looks like a team that can play defense. I mean, they got those big bodies. They have a bunch of 6'8", 6'9", wings that could kind of stay in front of Giannis. Giannis had a really hard time getting to the rim, and that didn't seem like that was a fluke. That seemed like a really good defensive plan that it was basically stop Giannis and make them make shots, and they weren't making shots. Now, they're a good team, and they're going to make shots, and I do think they'll contain Giannis the rest of the series, but I think the rest of the guys will start making more shots and they'll probably end up losing the series. But the Magic just did. They looked like a good team. I don't, I don't think it was just like they got hot shooting. I think they played well. And, and talking to the best players on the Magic, 
Vujicovic gets very overlooked. First of all, he's in another class than Gordon. Uh, Vujicovic is, is a legitimate, in my opinion, all-star um, that just doesn't get a lot of credit because he's kind of underspoken. But this guy can really play, and he played great today. And, and he's a guy that can, if you put some more help around him, he can really make do some damage in, in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, he's on the magic, so it's not too surprising that he's a little underlooked. Um, but I guess there was that guy one time, Dwight Howard, who's bad now, but he used to be pretty good. That was that was kind of fun. Um, and Joel, one of my last questions I have for you, um, unless Sia has a couple more as well. Jason uh, Mizrahi, obviously, uh, founder, owner, president, um, CEO of WindDailySports.com, backslash Learn Daily, three days free, all access to the site. He has been going around and been asking, begging people to take the Lakers over the Trailblazers, um, even at one to one. Like he's cool with it. So I don't know. Have you? It's it's like that free bet that I forgot to place on Harold Varner uh, for that first round leader. Did you go and take Jason's dinner yet, or are you kind of you, you're going to give him a game? How how are you looking at this? So interesting. I put a like months ago. I put a bet on the Lakers to win the championship, um, so and a pretty big one. So I'm I'm kind of riding that. However. With that aside, if that was out of my mind, I like the Blazers. Uh, they're they're playing really well. The Lakers like aren't the same team they were with before the uh, kind of comeback started. And I think the Blazers are one of the hottest teams. And the fact that you're getting plus odds, there's no home court advantage, which is a huge factor because typically that one seed has that home court advantage, which swings every series. That means nothing right now. There's no home court advantage. So you're playing in the same spot. There's no advantage from that end. And I'm kind of liking the one of the hottest teams in the bubble coming in on a team that's not playing that well. Um, you know, I wouldn't put a significant wager on the Blazers to beat them, but if I had to put money on this series, I'm taking the Blazers. All right. Well, I'll if you want, I'll eat that dinner from you if you want. I'll I'll just take the Lakers. You can pay me a dinner and have the Blazers. How's that sound? That's all right. Done. <laughs> Free dinner. See ya. What do you add? Anything on that Lakers Blazers series? It, you know, the home court advantage, I, I felt sorry for the Lakers when when the season got suspended because you knew like when they were talking about a bubble, you knew that like those teams that were really putting their best foot forward and playing every game, not sitting out games like LeBron wasn't sitting out games to get that number one seed. You know, it's all for not really, which mm-hmm. which is it's pretty bad because it's not just the comfort of, of court, home court advantage, but it's also what happens with the refs? I mean, it's just a natural, you know, thing that a ref is going to get swayed by the crowd, you know, over a period of a full game and you don't have that anymore. So it's like, it's good because you, it seems like you have an even game other than just like ridiculous, like mistakes that refs make, like they did it with the Mm -hmm. mistakes, like they did with the Dallas game. But at the end of the day, yeah, the matchup is so bad for the Lakers. So the only way they can win this, you know, I think we're forgetting, you know, because we talk about the Lakers and we're like, well, they have Anthony Davis and LeBron, but they have nobody else, which is true. But you can't just you can't just blow by the they yeah. have Anthony Davis and LeBron. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to like put that in its proper context. And that like, you know, if we're looking at a pie chart, that's like 70% of the pie chart. And it's just a matter of those other role players who, quite frankly, aren't very good filling in the rest. And I really think the Avery Bradley opt-out was a really, really big deal, not just defensively, but he did spread the court quite a bit. Going going up to the pandemic, like he was hitting some threes, and, and that's what they need to spread the floor and get Anthony Davis and LeBron James the room. They don't have a spot-up three-point shooter. I mean, J.R. Smith is so erratic. He's definitely mm-hmm. not that guy. And I they just don't have, you know, Kuzma's not that guy. Caruso's not that guy. When Rondo comes back, he's not that guy. So the matchup is so bad. I think the Lakers are going to somehow will themselves to a victory over seven games, but I don't know how. Man, that's, I mean, I, I think I agree with you, Sia, but like, I think the Lakers are 
going to win in like five. Like, I don't really think it's going to be that close. I think, yes, the Blazers, it's been an absolute blast to watch them play, but like they've played zero defense and they've needed every single point pretty much to win every single one of these games. And I mean, I know the Blazers did go to the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago and they got stomped by the, the super team that was the Golden State Warriors. But I don't know, man. I think I do agree with you. Avery Bradley going down, people did kind of laugh about it. And I think I'm just going to quote Zach Lowe here. Somebody else has to take those minutes, and that person is not as good. He's less good than Avery Bradley, which means those are less good minutes. Like, that's just what it comes down to. Yes, Avery Bradley is not this otherworldly star or any by any means, but neither is J.R. Smith, who hasn't played in the NBA for two years. Neither is Dion Waiters, who I think only a couple months ago ate a weed gummy on a plane, freaked out, and they had to land somewhere. <laughs> and he got suspended. Like, okay, and he looks out of shape guy. too, which is yeah, not he, he runs like an eight year old. Does anyone else know that? Like, he wow. kind of runs like an eight-year-old. Is that me? I don't know. Am I mean? I'm sorry, Joel. What do you got? He looks ridiculous. I agree. He looks like he should be playing on my team in the Hoboken Rec League. But <laughs> he's rocking it. It's working. He's getting to the basket. He's scoring. It's like he's out of shape, but he's scoring. He's, he's playing well. The one thing I will give the Lakers credit for is they don't – their role players aren't good scorers. But they are good defenders. They have, they have some good defenders. I mean, Dwight can still play D – so can McGee. Uh, uh, Danny Green is a good defender. Uh, Caldwell Pope's a good defender. So th- they can play, and that's what the Lakers are. They're they're really a defensive team that just happens to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So um, they, I think, they're going to still be a strong defensive team, and just a matter of can Davis and 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 LeBron hold up enough to carry the load offensively for for the whole playoffs. And the one thing I'll say is, is if you are the worst defensive team in the bubble, like Portland is, I believe, the one thing you would want is to, to me, is to play the worst offensive, you know, team in the bubble, and that's the Lakers. So it's like that's where I'm kind of going with the matchup thing. It's like I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess you know, you you have a lot of guys on the Lakers that have sort of more of a, like a mid range game, and just from an analytics standpoint, I, you know, I just don't see, I just don't see it being even on a scale. So that's, but you know, listen, the market agrees with you, Michael. I mean, the the the, the line on the Lakers, the series price was out of control, and that does imply that that it's not going to go seven games. Obviously, it's probably going to go. Honestly, that line is indicative of a five game series, mm-hmm. the series price line. So. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you're right, because as much as I like Dame and the Carmelo story and I like CJ, I think Gary Trent Jr. is kind of a surprise out of nowhere. I like I like all of that, but I'd rather see LeBron holding up another title under these circumstances in the West. Of course. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for it. And you know who else is for it? Adam Silver. <laughs> you know who else is for it? Some of those really important guys up at the top. I'm sure no offense to Portland, but you know, when we're looking at all the money that the NBA lost because they had to shut down, I think they really would like those TV ratings to be as high as possible. And I unfortunately I don't think the Portland Trailblazers are gonna bring it quite as much as, you know, the two LA teams facing off in the Western Conference Finals. I don't know. I don't know if we're just implying things such as the refs might have had a shitty call because the over on the Clippers Mavs game, you know, maybe maybe that's something to do with it. I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be on the side of corporate America on that one. But on that note, any um, any last words about the NBA playoffs? Any other uh, sweet bets that I should probably make but won't? <laughs> I don't think so. Just lock in a few of those first round leader plays because that's fun, man. What a sweat that is on a Thursday afternoon. Holy cow. Hey, I was texting you- Joel. I was texting my friend Jeff. There were so many people I w- that we were texting back and forth. It was crazy. I was so drunk by the time like that was happening. Like I didn't even notice until I went inside. I checked my phone and you're like, did you put the bet down? And I was like, oh, damn it. I didn't make 
four thousand dollars or whatever it was. So that was so a couple other notes. Check us out on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Channel on Saturday night and Sunday night because we'll be on like we always are. We're going to be talking a lot of football, a lot of NBA, um, a lot of MLB as well. We'll we'll be doing some DFS stuff and then some some fantasy stuff for. um, you know, DraftKings has their pricing out. We were talking about that mm-hmm. a lot last weekend. We're going to talk about it more this weekend. Some injury updates, things of that nature. Um, other than that, I haven't disparaged Josh Allen yet today. That's so true. Do you want to say something I, to me? Yeah, you know, I think it was Devin Singletary's account, but I'm not sure. He he's, he had this post. It was really like trending. Like It was a popular post on Twitter, and I think it was a throw from – well, it was a throw from a long throw from Josh Allen to John Brown. And I think it, whether it was Devin or whoever's account it was, they were basically saying, you know, this guy's the best quarterback in the, you know, the the AFC East. And he was specifically comparing him to Sam Darnold. He was like, don't talk to me about Darnold. This is the guy. And so, you know, this is so immature and dumb and I don't normally do this, but because I'm like a noted Josh Allen, you know, hater, mm-hmm. I, uh, I figured I'd just take a shot. And I said, yeah, that's great. It was a nice pass that John Brown caught, but, the pass was to Cole Beasley. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of fun. Got some reactions. <laughs> oh, Joel, I don't know if you knew. Uh, CM went uh, semi-Twitter famous uh, after Dr. Fauci threw out that first pitch in the Nationals game. <laughs> when he said, oh, wow, Josh Allen, that was a pretty good throw. Uh, and that <laughs> I died of laughter. And all these Bills fans started piling on Sia. It was fantastic. Oh, I, that was a good one. That was a good I one. have never gotten so many comments and tweets or likes or whatever, whatever you call it on Twitter um, that with that with uh, any other post. That was that was the one for sure. It doesn't hurt that our good friend Chris Cody over at ESPN uh, thought it was pretty funny too. Which, Thank again, you, Chris. Chris, we appreciate you for the donation. Yes, um, one last thing before I get all the Twitter handles and we go over the last, last, last things. RG3, comment on the show, hopefully soon. Anybody else wants to donate, jump on the train with us. He's going to be on hopefully for at least 10 minutes. We're going to talk about the RG3 Foundation. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so much fun and probably one of the cooler moments of my life when it happens. Not going to lie about that, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, Sia, where can everybody find you on the Twitterverse so they can hear more of your disparaging Josh Allen comments? Uh, they can find me in front of a TV for the next, I don't know, six months. And they can also find me on Twitter at Sia Najad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. Love it. And Joel, we all need to know how much money you make this weekend. So where can we all follow you on Twitter? <laughs> you can follow me at DraftMasterFlex. And just while we're bashing the bill, I will say, not bash on reverse. I'm not a bill fan at all, but I'm a big fan of And I love Devin Singletary this year. So for anyone playing fantasy football, mm-hmm. your drafts are approaching. I love Devin Singletary more than I loved Harold Barnard in the first round last week. So go get him in your drafts because he's going to be a sleeper, I promise interesting because i was on fox sports philly sorry for the name dropping here with john jansen just on wednesday and he actually drafted devin singletary in his best ball league and that was the one pick he had that i was actually critical of because of zach moss i think zach moss is amazing so interesting okay we'll have to well that maybe maybe i'm gonna get a dinner michael this is fantastic everybody's getting prime 112 my friend you're gonna have to take a flight down here no hoboken yeah, oh, well, Hoboken's got some nice places. Um, probably don't want to go relax. to Miami. Just okay. Miami. Just, all right, okay. all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'll come down too. I'll come down too. <laughs> you can find me at Michael Raziel one Of course, follow us at Wind Daily Sports. As I said one last time, winddailysports.com backslash learn daily. All the articles, all the projections, all the cheat sheets, all the optimizer that we have, which is fantastic, and the expert chat where you get to hear the three of us kind of just say things sometimes. 
most of the time it's pretty important and actually helpful. Other times it's just for fun and we get to do it. So for everybody over here at Wind Daily, for CF, for Joel, for myself, thank you all very much. And we hope you make it a very profitable evening.